uncuffed. You know what? Podcasting is a very special breed of communication and reaching out to those who you want to have that communication with. It's challenging in some ways, but when you do it for the genuine reasons that I'm doing it, and I was taught to do it this way, in the end, you learn so much more about life and then the people that you're either have on as a guest or the people that you want to talk about. And I'm going to bring in somebody who I go way, way back with and he he represents something that's so pure about the city of Oakland, the Oakland Raiders, the Raider organization as, as whole, and the people who work hard on a daily basis and stand for stuff that non-materialistic, but just like real and want to make the world a better place. I know it sounds weird, but the more people we find who think like that, there's actually could be a, a turning point in this world. Mr. Ray Perez, a.k.a. formerly known as Dr. Death, is going to be our guest today. And he's actually standing by. We'll bring him in in a a short bit. And it's going to get deep and fun and just, wow. I know, I know, I like the debate. But this guy right here, he's the king debater. So I'm going to throw in the towel on that one because there's just no way in the world you're going to be able to beat this guy. He's so powerful with his mind. But... At the same time, we want to keep uh, what we talk about today as as well-rounded as possible. Yeah, we all love the Raiders. And one of the things that has just recently taken place is that the Raiders fired their head coach, Josh McDaniels. And it's surprising to a lot of people, definitely surprising to me. And I wanted to kind of bring that up to our uh, listeners, the you know, our Raider Nation guys and girls and stuff. But I saw something out of Josh McDaniels last year that was very alarming, but I didn't push the buttons at that time because I wanted to make sure I didn't read too much into it. But he was struggling to have wins that year. And then I remember getting flown out for the alumni, uh, the sweet visits and stuff. And it was a Denver game. And I remember being at that game and that team won. They fought hard and they actually won that game. And so the Raider Nation, the stadium was booming. And when you walk out, everybody was just high energy. It was fantastic. I ended up going back to the M Hotel where uh, the Raiders, that's their like a uh, trademark hotel. That's where they stay like before the games and all that stuff. And that's where they put the alumni before the before the game and i remember going back to the the uh m hotel after this a huge win and i'm walking in and then i see coach mcdaniels walking out and it wasn't like this coach was like this huge like john gruden after a win like embracing the raider nation the black hole all that stuff this guy had his phone up to his face and he looked like he was trying to hide as he came out of the elevator He didn't want to see anybody. And I'm just like, there's booming uh, atmosphere outside in the lobby was was unimaginable because this team just got done beating a rival and it was hot. But Josh McDaniels did everything he could to, like, go around it. And I think that he was trying to, if there was some Raider fans, he was trying to duck the other way. And I caught that. I was just like, did I just see that right? Why is he not chest bumping every Raider fan he sees to thank him for uh, helping him come up with this big, big win? And that troubled me. But I left it alone. I'm just like, okay, I don't, you know, I'm very protective of the Raiders and stuff like that. Maybe he's just... It's going to take a minute to get used to it. But then all of a sudden you hear the stories about how he treated the players and how he put the, the Patriots background above everything else. And now I'm just like, that makes no sense. So we're going to talk uh, when I bring Bray in, 
We're going to talk about some stuff that, that goes really, really deep into, like, why are these type of situations happening, you know? I mean, I was there when he did his press release and stuff after being hired, and he said all the right freaking things. The Raider Nation fell in love with them. Why would a person come in and do the exact opposite of what they said they were going to do? If they if they really genuinely don't want this type of job and this type of responsibility, God damn it, don't take that job. Because the Raider Nation now is behind, and we got to make up for lost time because we hired a head coach that was the fake Joe of all coaches. And I just had to get that out of my chest. Now that I got that out of my chest and stuff like that, now I can kick back and relax and we have an awesome time to be able to sit and listen to Mr. Ray Perez, a.k.a. former Dr. Death. And here we go. Ray, thank you for joining us today, bro. And let me get that out my chest because I'm mad. I'm mad, bro. Are you? Hey, Shed, what's going on, my man? Mr. 84. <laughs> You know, I, I want to tell everybody, man, you know, Kenny is such a unique dude because, and we're going to get into this, but, and this is going to be kind of maybe off-putting respectfully to some of your listeners. The reason why I really respect K-Shed is because he didn't allow the Raider emblem to define him. He defined himself. So no matter where, we, even when I was a Raider fan, I'm not a Raider fan anymore. We can get into that, but I'm not. But, but when I was back with the Raiders and 2014, 2015, 16, when I knew you, yeah, of course, you're a former Raider, you're a former, you know, wide receiver for the, for the Raiders, but you were also a director, you were also a former police officer, you were Kenny Shedd, and you were just so welcoming to everybody that years later, you can pick up the phone and be like, Dr. Dad, what's going on, Kenny Shedd, and I love that, we need more Kenny Sheds, man. That's why we click so well. Uh, you and I, we go way back, bro, so you, you're not a Raider fan anymore, you're very clear Kenny, about it, huh? So... Even when they were in the, even when the Raiders were in Oakland, I never said I was a, I never said I was a Raider fan. Yeah. I wasn't, I was an Oakland Raider. There's yeah. a difference. They yeah. are no longer in Oakland. They should. And look, I, here's, and I said this a long time ago. Yeah. If you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. Wow. If that organization is not in Oakland, in our region, they don't represent me. They should have. I look. I'm going to be very adamant. I'm going to say very strong words. The Raiders should have changed their name and their colors and left it in Oakland. That's mm. where they began. That's what rep there's. There are no pirates in the desert. They should have been known as the Snakes. That's oh my goodness. fitting. They should have been known as the Gamblers. Very <laughs> fitting because the house never wins. Very fitting. After death. Oh wow. And, and and you know what? I'm gonna get away from emotion for a second, okay? Oh, good, I, good. And. I was listening to your last podcast with your uh, friend, a white lightning. If you yeah, guys haven't listened to it, that's yeah, go listen to it. It's really a great, it's really a cool listen, man, because you guys represent like the fans fan. Like you guys played in the NFL. You guys didn't take each other serious and you're, you know, rehashing memories. Here's the one thing I want to, uh, I want to rehash and kind of touch on. You guys touched on almost everything, but you guys kind of skirted around a couple of things in your last podcast. But White Lightning touched on something. He says it's the culture. Oh. Why aren't they winning? The culture starts at the top, Ken. <laughs> Let me put this into perspective because you're a former NFL player. <laughs> and you've been in locker rooms. When the head coach doesn't win, he gets fired. When the quarterback throws too many interceptions, he gets traded or released. When the receiver yes. doesn't catch when the receiver doesn't catch enough footballs, he gets traded or released. The GM doesn't draft the right players. He gets traded, okay, or he gets fired. Every one of those people that are uh, that you have gone through and fired gets hired by one person. That's the Davis family. You're firing all these people 
but the one guy that gets the special treatment because I guess he's the owner is Mark Davis. Like I said in the city of Oakland, right? When they said, well, Oakland didn't do enough. 25 years, mayors get elected and reelected. City council members get elected and reelected. But the only denominator that remained the same in Oakland is the Davis family. There's no winning. You may get a winning As of right now, the Raiders are averaging one winning season every six years. And I know you touched on Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels, I get it. He wasn't even a great coach in Denver. But you know what I've been hearing in the media? And I'm like, am I reading this right? He's trying to instill the Patriot way. As you were talking, Ken, I looked up on Wikipedia yeah. The Patriots have six Super Bowls. Yeah. And so to say that, to get mad that he's trying to insert the, the Patriot way, do you want the Raider way where you haven't had a Super Bowl in over 35 years? It's like if Mike Tomlin came in and said, well, he's trying to insert the, the Pittsburgh way. He has a couple of rings on his fingers. <laughs> hey, can it, hey, I want to push pause one quick second because Ray and I were talking via text last night, guys, and um, and Ray – told me he was going to come in after he listened to my last podcast. He's like, hey, you guys danced around this whole thing about it starts at the top. And I'm just like, oh, man, I I, I think he's going to come at me today. <laughs> I was thinking he wasn't, but I was wrong. He is coming strong, bro. And, and do you know where the strong, you know where this comes from? My passion for the Oakland Raiders. Yes. I had, I had something stolen. We had something stolen from us. I will never let it go. I will never let it go. Well, but Ray, so you're trying to tell me that Mr. Davis, Mr. Mark Davis, had zero interest with keeping his team in Oakland. Come on now. Let me ask you something, okay? And this is this is one of my biggest regrets, because yeah. people have asked me, do you have any regrets as Dr. Death? Because I was at the forefront. I was in the middle of, you know, yeah, you I was know. at the forefront as conveying my message why we should keep the Raiders in Oakland. Mm -hmm. Right. My biggest regret that I did not do that I wish I did. I wish I would have asked. And I had this opportunity to ask Mark to his face. And you know what he did to me? He turned around and walked away at an NFL owners meeting because he doesn't like being cross-examined. You know what I asked him? I said, what is your plan in Oakland? Because you have one in Carson. You have advisors in Carson and Carmen Policy. Who is our advisor? You know what Mark did in front of my face? He said, I don't want to listen to this and walked away. What I should have done from then on, I should have asked, what is the Raiders' plan to stay in Oakland? Because it is the team is owned by Mark Davis. We have never received a design of a stadium in Oakland by the Davis family. We have never, you can search it, Google it. If you're listening to this, put this on pause. Any design that you have ever seen of a stadium in Oakland has come from the city of Oakland. I don't know about you, but when I want to build a house, I don't go to the city of Oakland and ask them for renderings of my house. I provide it. Not once has, like, and you know, the city of Oakland has, has given Mark Davis three different developers, okay? That's like me giving you the outline of a car, but it's your job to provide the engine. Mark never provided the engine. He always went to Vegas. He went to Carson. He went to LA. He did all these things, but never once did he ever provide a design of a stadium or a potential finance plan in Oakland because his sites have always been in other cities, which you know what that means, Ken, because and you're a very honest guy. That makes Mark Davis a full-blown liar. He's a liar. 
if, if I'm wrong, I want to see a rendering. I want to see a proposal from Mark Davis that never happened, which means every time he says, I want to stay in Oakland, he lied. It was lip service. Okay, okay. I mean, let the passion out, man. Let it out, you know, let it can, out. Can, I want to say this too. You know, I get so much criticism on social media and I laugh at it. Okay. And I think you're going to relate to this too. Mm -hmm. The Raiders, the Oakland Raiders are not transactional for us. We don't, it's not like, uh, oh, we're going to go to like, I like Pepsi or Coke or Honda or Snickers. The Raiders are like a family to us. Right. And I mean, cause you, it's, it, uh, you know, and that's the weird thing. It was a religion and to a point, it started creep even before they moved. I kind of had to take a little bit of a step back because it started feeling like a cult. Oh. I'll tell, you, I'll tell yes. you why. Let me tell you why. And I, you know, I was actually thinking about this Wait. last night. Uh -huh. In 2015, I was in Bila. So this is about a year before, and we're all like hyped because I think we had Derek Carr and you know we had all these players. And I were like, oh, I can't wait to start winning. And there's this older gentleman, man. I wish I remembered his name. He goes, Raiders are not winning anytime soon. And I said, excuse me? And he goes, they might have a season, but they go through coaches. Every It's like, it's cyclical. Nothing's going to change until Mark is out. What? The guy was saying is what I'm saying now. And I thought he was off his rocker. What I'm saying is the sloganeerings, the just win babies, the commitment to excellence, we weren't living up to them at all. And so what was keeping us together was our family and our passion uh -huh. for what we wanted the Raiders to be, but they never lived up to what we wanted them. And when that was stolen from us, like the Browns from Cleveland, the Colts from Baltimore, Baltimore, come on, man. The, the Oilers from Houston, you know what's the difference between all of those cities and the Raiders? All of those cities and fan bases were vindicated one way or the other. The Browns got their team back, the Colts got, or the Baltimore got the Ravens, right? Houston got the Texans, and they got to uh, tell, and and you know the, the 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 Titans got to keep the colors, but they didn't get to keep the name. I knew you were going to go there. All these other cities were vindicated, but us. And I, well, with the passion that we have, it's like why? And then Mark Davis gets a pass. No, I'm sorry, I don't understand it. I so I hear what you're saying. There was an opportunity at one point for the city of Oakland to uh, petition for the rights for, and, and this, I mean, obviously we're not political people. We don't hold like these uh, hammers that can change laws and all that stuff. We're not congressmen or anything like that. Those are the people who have the abilities to be able to write up a amendment and say, no, 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 no. That name stays in the city of Oakland. Now, those are the people who had the opportunity to do that. They did not do that. And, you know, almost like they either got paid off or, or, or they something. Did. They did. They did so do it. Why, why would that come back down to maybe, say, the owner of the team? If the Congress people, the people who have the ability to push a stay and wait a minute, you're not leaving without uh, this being heard before a judge, you know, yeah, I learned that through my time as a police officer and all that stuff. Uh, if you, you, if people have a gripe and a, a legitimate gripe, and to me that sound, that is definitely a legitimate gripe because it's been done before. Like you just said, the Ravens or the uh, Browns said, "No, okay, you can leave, but you're you're not taking our colors and you're not taking the name." And the city and the Congress people, the political people, were successful in in staying that. Why that didn't happen with Oakland? 
that's because the, the political system in Oakland is nutso. It's bizarro world, bro. And oh, uh, no argument here. There's no, but here, here's the thing. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. So, and it's funny you bring that up because I was actually having a conversation with a buddy of mine. We were talking about the A's moving as well, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And how us Oakland fans were just giving these, I'm going to keep my language PG here, very dumb owners, okay? <laughs> and I said this. Okay, it is very easy, and not not you, just in other areas, to have politicians as a cop out. Ooh. Right, like oh, you okay. blame the politician. That's it, and sometimes it's very well deserved. But let's flip the script, right? Because we're saying we're relying without knowing it. We're relying on these politicians because let's just be honest. By NFL standards, Mark Davis is the poorest owner, right? Now he is by by, by NFL standards. Okay, if you were to change ownership and give the Dallas and have Jerry Jones or Stan Kroenke own the Raiders, okay, mm-hmm. these are billionaires. You think with having 120 acres in Bay Area property with the ability to develop it that they would ever rely on on politicians to make business deals for them. What's happening here is because Mark Davis doesn't have the business acumen to do a stadium deal in the fifth largest economy in the world in Silicon Valley, where I don't hear Google or Microsoft or Apple relying on their respective governments in Silicon Valley, because they have the money. When you have money, you can do what you want. When you don't have money, you have to what? Like, uh, if, if you're not making good money, you are, you're, you're on a welfare system, right? Mark Davis is the NFL version of a welfare system. When he doesn't get what he wants, then you do what? You say the Oakland government didn't do enough. Like I said before, even if, even if I had the money in, the, in West Sacramento, West Sacramento said, you know what, Ray? I'll build your house for you. You know what I'm going to say? Hell no. I don't want the government doing jack squat for me. Would you? Hey, hey, K-Shed listeners, I told you there's no hope in taking this guy on. This Ray Perez dude can battle with the best of them. And then he makes you think that, yeah, my point's about to win. He makes you think that. You should see him right now. He made me think, oh, shoot, I threw a big joker down. He just beat a joker with a joker that doesn't even exist. And then he threw it down and he took my joker, man. Come on. I'm going to take it back to this. I'm an Oakland Raider. I will always be an Oakland Raider. We are a, we're a specimen. You would know this. We're a specimen, specimen brother. Yeah. We we very much are. Now there, like I said, there are a couple of regrets that I I would. Let's say the Raiders had stayed in Oakland. There was a few things I would do differently in life. Um, I think one of them for boundaries and respect for my family. Because as you know, and I think your listeners would understand this, yeah. when you have highs as a Raider fan with with your wins, your highs are high. When yeah. you lose, your lows are low, right? What I would have done differently is when the NFL season ended in January, no football no football until August. That's family time between mm-hmm. January and July. That's family time. Okay. What I did was is I was always involved with the Raiders, always, Raider fan. And that's where my roots are so embedded with my passion. I got to meet so many people year-round because of the Raiders. We got to do charity events. We got to get involved in the community with the Gorilla Rillas and the Violators and the late Oaktown Pirates. Yeah. And to have that taken from us, I mean, you know, people say, oh, you're just bitter. You're that, you're that bitter ex-girlfriend. I'm not dating Mark Davis. What it's more like, it's like after a divorce, the children suffer. Damn. And I'm, I will never, I will never let go of it because Mark, you know, I'm going to keep this PG. 
I, I, I want to use a lot stronger language. Mark Davis is a punk. He's just a punk. He's, he's a flat-out punk. I have no respect for him. So, he just is. Hey, can you tell me how Dr. Death even came to be? Yeah. So um, I dressed up one. Uh, I started dressed. Oh, no. Okay. I went to a Raider game when I was about six years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, no, 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 no. I was in second grade. So I was about eight years old, eight or nine years old. Went to the black hole, Raider jacket, Raider hat. And Napoleon Kaufman, I think at the time during a preseason game, oh, wow. he he went through the right tackle. I mean, it was wide. It was like two desks wide. And we thought he, he's going to break it about 90 yards, about 80 yards. But he slipped. And the whole stadium went, oh. Remember that. It was a, I think it was a preseason game against the Jets, if I recall. Yeah. And so, so then later on, preseason game, it was a, you know, it was a night game. They ended up scoring, and the whole Coliseum went bonkers. I'm high-fiving guys that belong in, look like they belong in prison, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> and I was just, I remember being so exhilarated, telling my dad, I said, Dad, this is way better than Disneyland. And I said, but, you know, at, at the time, I saw the late hardcore. Um, he, he, he looks like Darth Maul, and he points. And I said, that's cool. I want to be like that. So the next year, I put face paint on, just, just face paint. Yeah. But then in my early 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 twenties, I said, "Dad, I want to dress up more." Um, I got this Raider hard hat, and he goes, "You cannot do spikes, and you can't do skulls." So he made the knives, and I said, "I want to do something different." And I did the the dreadlocks to make me look scary. I oh, did it yeah. to where I wanted my my eyes to be like my eyes pop. So the only thing on my face that you can see was my mouth, which was silver, yeah. and everything else was black, and you can just see my cuticles, I guess per se. Uh-huh. And then one year, the late Skip Thomas passed away, and I said, they said, Dr. Death, Skip Thomas, and they go, I love that name. Wow. And so then I started going, and then I'll say this, one of my first years going, Gorilla Rilla, this is before I really knew Mark, I was really on, I was like, Mark, you know, I hear you guys are doing stuff for like the veterans and stuff like that. And I, I was getting on Mark's nerves a little bit in the black hole, and he takes his glasses off, and Mark Gorilla Rilla goes, I'm going to tell you this one time and one time only. You do not do this for the fame. This is your platform. Yes, you're going to be a fan, but you do this to help other people. That's what Mark said to me. I'll never, I will never Acasio. forget it. Mark Acasio. Yeah, Mark Acasio, Gorilla. I will never forget those words. And he was very serious. And over the years, you know, Mark, if he could, he'd probably split himself up into 10 different people to help 10. You know, if he can have 10 of himself, he'd do that to go help other people. It was just his way of life. Yeah. That's how he was. That's how Raider Jerry was. That's how Violator was. Kingsford Kirk. All these people, the you know the late grit, the late Grizz Jones. Yeah. They were all Raider Nation. When you're family, that means you take care of each other. You take care of other people. Yes, you're a fan, of course, but you put other people before you. And I said, this is my platform that I'm I'm fortunate to have with the guidance of the Gorilla Rillas. And when you got to go help other people, and you know what? That just didn't stop there. I try to as much as I can help other people now because that like, again. The Raiders don't define me. I define Dr. Death. Agreed. And that is fantastic, man. So it all started from the, the origins of when you became Dr. Death. You were you were shown the light of why you do what you do. It's you know, it's it's about the community. It, it's about the community because it started out with I'm just this guy, I'm gonna go and yell and go, Raiders, but everybody does that. But yeah. it's like, how can I make a difference? And it and I, I go, I know something's there, I don't know what. But then it's it's like, you know, I'm a religious man. I'm a Catholic man. I really do think that Mark was there to send me in a direction because I think had I never met Mark that day and had he not told me those, I'd probably be in a different direction. 
maybe not as, for lack of uh, phraseology, not as fulfilling. Because it's very fulfilling, especially when other people, because make no mistake, Ken, there are people who don't dress up. They're not, I mean, they're diehard Raider fans. They don't have face paint or nothing. But they're constantly, for example, out in Oakland feeding the homeless every weekend. These are people that are just, you don't know about them. They're big Raider fans, got a heart of gold. Yeah. And you're like, I don't think, I saw a side of Raider Nation that a lot of people didn't see of, you know, Oakland Raider fans. And Oakland Raider, when I mean Oakland Raider fans, that doesn't mean ge geographically speaking. That means all over the world that people yeah. wanted to come to Oakland and see that grit and the grime and we're the Oakland Raiders. Yeah. You don't take what's given to you, you take what the hell you want. That type of mentality that you stick to uh, charitable work. No, I, you need help, I will help you type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like in a crazy sense, if you look at the Hell's Angels and you look at these scary brawny That's fair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and but if they if they were driving by on their big old motorcycles and they saw a girl getting um you know, berated by her boyfriend or grandma being pushed or whatever by by uh, some dude who's trying to steal her purse, they will immediately turn around, track down whoever that was, and beat the crap out of them. And then they will make sure that that lady gets to the hospital, make sure that that lady gets her family called, and, um, you know, call the police. Even though they hate the police, they're going to make sure that the police are contacted and that that victim of that crime is taken care of from that point on, then they're going to call her and say, hey, how are you doing today? That dude's not whatever. That's what the Raider Nation and the Raider fans bring to the table, too. And I've seen that. I've been part of, uh, you yeah. know, I wish you wouldn't say that was a regret because, you know, the off-season moves that you did when the season was out. That was just as meaningful and and necessary too, you know. When, when I mean when I mean a regret, what, what I mean by that is I I should have managed my time better because yeah. there, for example, when my aunt said, "Hey, can we go on this trip? Um, I want to go on a cruise with the family," I said, "No, I can't be there because I got a picnic day I got to go to." Mm. Well, tell me about the picnic day. So you were there to uh, like for the uh, Raider uh, Nation? You know, it, it it would be you know there there would just be like you know Raider fans. 30, 40 of us would, you know, have a picnic or something, you know, say, you know, it's nice. It's like the, the time that I would spend with my family as, as a Raider fan was mm -hmm. very minimal. You know, they, they, it's like, and, and people say, you know, you see the joke and like, ah, oh, you know, don't, don't plan anything during football season. Yeah, there is truth to that. There is. But I was also carrying that in the off season where I could have said, Hey guys, this one I can't make. I know there's only gonna be 30 of us. Cause I'm going to be spent time with family. Yeah, and you know, it, it's like little things like that. I'm like, I wish I managed my time better. You know what I mean? I, I agree with you. Yeah. I know what you're saying. And, and a lot of it you were doing overtime, overtime because overtime, overtime. Yeah. Remember, remember when we, uh, we were part of the, you know, save Oakland sports movement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We were told by certain people, Hey, go out to the community, let the spread the word that, Hey, we want to stay here. Try to get the community to kind of rise up and support us too. I know what you're talking about because, uh, you know, I I would I did the same thing. I'd call friends up and say, "Hey, dude, I'm gonna get a, a suite for," because um, that was part of the things that was uh, causing problems is that the certain people weren't buying suites and stuff, and you know, and and so what I did was I used my own money to buy a suite. And then I would bring my friends in, and especially people who were, uh, they, they worked for like Wildtech or something like that. And so I knew that if I brought in this guy and his boss from Wildtech, 
where they they go and they train all kinds of entrepreneurs and uh, engineers and all those people. Then now all of a sudden, now they can see how cool it is to be here for the uh, to support your team. They'll spread that word, and then now another business owner is going to want to come in and do the same thing. Yeah, it was a lot Ken, of work. Ken, Ken, it was a lot of work, and you just struck up something that I just thought of. I remember bringing it back to Mark Davis and the Raiders. Um, and it's not, I'm not intentionally talking trash because this is just reality of things. There's one thing that really pissed me off about the Raiders organization during the last two to three years that was almost self-inflicting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure as a fo- as an NFL athlete that you visited so many different cities yeah. and these different cities, you would see probably photos of their players around town, maybe on cart, maybe on billboards, maybe on posters on all that. Right. Maybe in their own stadium, you'd have pictures of whatever the player was. It maybe Dan Marino in Miami when you were playing a Steve Young, whatever. Yeah. The Raiders never promoted their players or their image. If you don't promote their player at the time, the Khalil Max, the Derek Carrs, how does the future upcoming generation know who to sport? Because when somebody puts on that jersey, that's self-promotion. That's, that's free advertising for you. Now, with the big bucks, how do you expect somebody from a Wyotech or Apple or whoever to come want to see a Khalil Mack play who's a potential NFL MVP or Derek Carr who's having killer of the season how do you know to go pay for a suite when you're not being advertised by that that's true and that starts you know we talk about being business decision they don't even do it in Vegas I'll tell you this right I swore I would never go to Vegas never so a couple years ago my my job that I work at we have our convention in Vegas and I go ah man I go out there. I go out to the strip. I go, seriously? I go to Vegas twice a year now. Because you know what? You go to Vegas, and it's as if there's no Raiders out there. You don't see any signage. You go to the – you talked about the M Resort. I stayed at the M Resort, and I was miserable. I go walk over to the Raider bar. They don't have any Raider players, for the exception of Seawood. The same issues that they have in Oakland in terms of lack of advertising and putting their players out there, they're doing it again in Vegas. That's not business. So that's one hell of a take, bro. I love how you just said that. Because you swore you would never go to Vegas. And then then when you went to Vegas, you're just like, okay, if I go to Vegas, I'm going to expect to see all these different things. And, uh, and I don't see any. I don't see any of it. I go, okay, cool. You're, you're, keeping, not gonna... you're keeping it fair, and you go out there, and your your expectations are kind of like, you know what? I'm at least expecting to see some stuff, right? At and least. You're not seeing anything? I don't see anything. And I go, well, if, if there's no Raiders, if you were to blindfold me and stick me on the strip or go out in the suburbs around the M Resort in Henderson. I don't, at the time, I didn't see Derek Carr in in the new, uh, in the in the Raider bar at the M Resort. There's no Devontae Adams there. I mean, there might be now, but there's no, there's no Max Crosby. There's no major images of any Raider emblem anywhere. So I was like, you know what? If that's the case, I can go to Vegas all the time because it's as if the Raiders aren't even there. The Raiders are like the circus away with a government handout. Because had, had the Raiders not gotten a government handout, had they not been on welfare, the Raiders would not have moved. The Raiders needed welfare to move. And they're there, and of course, they're not doing anything about it because they're too poor to do it. Ah, damn. Okay. You're keep, you're just keeping it real, huh? And you know what? If that happened in Oakland, I would be furious. I would be angry. And if the Raiders 
were in Oakland today and the same thing was happening, I would probably be on the verge of protesting games and not going to a game until Mark Davis sold the team. Well, okay. So let me jump in there right quick. This is one of the main yeah. reasons why, hey, uh, Keisha, guys and girls, we need Dr. Death to come on back and put on that incredible face paint and that outfit that's so scary to the opposition we need Dr. Death back, you know, and just his insight. He needs to be up front. So I'm going to keep it real. I've been to the Raiders Stadium. I've been out to Vegas and stuff. And I've been and I made a conscious effort to go there outside of being one of the alumni. Because when you're, you're the alumni, they, they take care of you. You get the buses to the game and all that stuff. And you get uh, King's treatment type stuff. I went there one time, you know, just as uh, Kendrick Shed, <laughs> you know, <and laughs> I even had a name tag that said, no, call me Kendrick. <laughs> so I'm walking around and just, you know, it was a completely different vibe. I saw the same things that you did. Uh, you know, there weren't much Raider stuff and everything. But if you talk to key people at these hotels and stuff, they love what the Raider, the name and all that stuff. But where's all the decorations and all the different flags, these giant Raider flags, the skulls and all that stuff? Where's that? And it didn't happen in Oakland either, and that really pissed me off. But maybe it hasn't been brought up to the right people. No. You want to know why? That doesn't fly with you? No. You want to know why? It started with Al Davis. And you're going to, when I say it, you're going to say, okay, you're right. The Raider emblem sells itself. So That's what Al Davis went by. He had it in one of his books. The Raider emblem sells itself. I don't need to sell it for you. And you know what? I'm sorry, you know, God rest, you know, rest in peace, Al Davis, you know, he had major contributions. That line of thinking was maybe good in the 90s when there was no internet, when there was less competition, when there was less teams, and you were just maybe less than a decade removed from winning. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. But you haven't won in 30 years. You cannot continue to have that type of winning. And quite frankly... You know, I'm. you can call me a superstitious guy. I don't think Mark Davis should be wearing all white. For what? You haven't won jack squat to have some type of, you know, be known as, you know, you know, Al Davis had the right to wear all white because that was his thing because he's won. Mark Davis, you need to change something up. And it starts with, I mean, and I don't, I don't mean it because I don't want to give him good advice. I hope that the Raiders lose until he's Come gone. On. I, I want to Come on. You know you don't mean that. You know you do not mean that. Kenny, I cannot stand Mark Davis. He took something from us. And and again, in this podcast, I tried getting away from the emotion. I tried pointing out exactly. He knew there was no hope for that. <laughs> it was coming no. up, and it's still going to come out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, and you know what? I, I just hope that at some point... Mark says they can't win with me. I got to get out of here. But he's not. He's 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 so selfish. He won't be able to do that. Man. All right. Well. Okay. And and I I again I I love my Oakland Raiders. I cherish everything that I had. The people that still watch the Raiders. That's great. You know, like nothing against them. You want to go cheer for your Raiders? That's great. You know. I will say this though. Let me say this, Kenny, real quick. Mm-hmm. At the end of the Kaepernick season in, in Santa Clara, and just so you know, I'm not was, a Kaepernick fan. So, but go ahead. No, 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 no. But I'm just saying, just as as a as a, as a, um, as a quarterback, you know, at, at the end of that era, yeah. the 49ers were facing because they were less than a decade into their stadium. They had these personal seat licenses. Oh, yeah. 49er fans told the Yorks. If you don't change anything, we're not going to show up. And it got a lot of recognition. 49er fans are going to abandon their personal seat licenses, okay? Raider fans, and I'm guilty of this. Win, lose, retire, Raider till I die. I will go no matter what. 
if you go to games no matter what, what incentive does Mark Davis have to change every anything if you're constantly gonna go? Or let me let me rephrase that. In Vegas, if you're constantly gonna go or you're gonna sell your tickets to opposing fans, what is if he if his money is constantly going into his pocket, what reason does Mark Davis have to change? The 49ers, I'm no Niner fan. They've gone through Kaepernick, Garoppolo, Purdy, two different head coaches, different running backs, different GMs. And they've how many NFC championship appearances have they been in in the last 10 years? Four? Five? Because York had, he feared Niner fans not coming to games because they threatened him. If Toyota were to screw up, you think people are going to continue to buy Toyota cars? No. So how come the Raiders business model is the only business model that requires people constantly being loyal no matter what? I don't want to and sound... And then expect something to change. Well, but I don't want to sound simple, but we we have the best logo, best colors, best concept ever devised. And the good old days will come back once the team starts understanding what it's like to play for the Raiders. Uh, come on now. if Wouldn't you think, if you're an owner, wouldn't you think that the uh, offensive coordinator who's well-respected throughout the league, and guys, you should see Ray, he's like rolling his eyes, like without rolling his eyes right now. <laughs> I can tell he is. <laughs> but let me finish. Let me finish. I'm on something on this one. No, so you are. You, are. You, you, you would think that this person who's been uh, pursued by all these different other teams and stuff, He's won six Super Bowls just because of his offensive mindset and just a brilliant speaker when, in terms of how to market himself. You would think that bringing that guy in and, and his, his general manager, you know, because at a different location, their tandem put in a, some championship teams, you would think, I mean, anybody would think that by hiring them, they would bring the same type of culture and winning vibe to their team and nothing nothing even close to that happened it's almost like they pulled the biggest fast one and if i was mark davis i would have done the same thing uh, people people you know i mean i'm a, a basasha fan you know i met him the great dude but people under, have to understand that you know special teams coaches they're not known to be talent evaluators they get who's picked on their team and then they say okay uh, come to my uh, special teams meeting and then I'll find a spot for you. They don't, they're not in like scouting combines. Usually they don't go out and recruit and all that stuff. So if once they get to the off season, if Basasha doesn't have that experience to be able to go out and find talent and know how to rate the new talent and all that stuff, then he's not going to be able to put together that team for the next year. So it would make sense to me if I was Mark Davis to say, well, I would want somebody who's been proven and a general manager and a head coach who knows how to develop all these players offensively and then a defensive guy brought in too. I would prefer taking that risk than someone, a special teams guy who everybody likes and has a good relationship with the guys, but he's not a talent evaluator. So it was a risk that I could kind of understand what Mark Davis was thinking with that. You don't agree with that? Kenny, I, I I have a question for you because you you're actually an NFL athlete, so you can actually you can actually answer it. And I don't know the answer to this. I'm actually very curious on your end. In your eight years of the NFL, have you ever known an NFL owner to hold an all players meeting or go behind the coach's back to talk to the players about him? An owner doing that? Yes. To talk about the coach. Have you ever in your eight year NFL career? I can tell you that there's a particular coach who got fired because of. Uh, 
uh, impromptu, uh, lower, you know, behind the scenes meetings that uh, some of the key players had with the owners. That particular coach got fired, and then they brought in who those particular players said they wanted to bring in. When this coach that they brought in kind of faltered a little bit, then all of a sudden the players turned on him and said, no, he needs to go. So, yeah, I've seen it. I don't want to say any names, obviously, but I know that that's how it happens. So, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll raise this question because you you just conveyed what happened when an NFL owner goes behind that said coach's player's back to the players, gets him fired, that new coach comes in, and those players turn on him. That's a bad culture. Okay? It is. Yeah, so I think so, I just... So, so, so which worthy NFL coach worth his salt would come to an organization that does what you just admitted is bad culture. Like we just said in the beginning, it starts at the top. So Jim Harbaugh, let's say he comes in. He knows that his owner in previous times has gone behind his back to talk to his players and then got him fired. What what NFL, what good coach, a smart one, would want to step back into that situation? It's not that hard, though, Ray. It's not that hard to coach. But, 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 you, but, but you see what I'm saying, though, right? I asked you, has that ever happened to you in your experience? You yes, said, it yes, it has. And then it didn't turn out well because the players ended up cannibal cannibalizing that coach, right? Yeah. It's happening now. Now I'm asking you, what, what coach worth his salt would want to go back and do exactly what you said isn't good? But, but my point you should see Ray is like smiling and he's getting all comfortable. All right. The gloves are on for both of us. Ray, it's what I said from the beginning is the players have to realize that it's on them. They're, and and this you're talking about the culture. Maybe the culture, and it starts at the top. Maybe we're looking at the wrong top. Maybe it's the the top players on the team who the team leaders and they need to start understanding their roles because I, you know, if, if I think of uh, the Patriots back in the days when they were winning, they had the Tom Brady's, they had the Vabril, they had the, uh, the linebacker. I can't remember his name. They had Rod Rodney Harrison, uh, all those guys. Those were some badass team leaders where if you weren't getting the job done, you had to deal with them. So the, coach the owners they really didn't have to do too much they follow the lead of where the momentum is going which is if we need to replace this or need more backups here and there they just went the route that they felt that their their needs were but they didn't have to do too much because they had team leaders that would not allow you to slack off or do stupid stuff, make stupid penalties and stuff. And so I I don't know if that's the owner's job. It's the team leader's job to do that, brother. To get, to get team leaders, yeah. you have to find team leaders. Now, there's different business aspects to it. The Patriots, all those players that you – those were probably one of the greatest teams ever. Mm-hmm. Those players have to get paid, right? And the Raiders are known for back-ending their contracts. They can't guarantee those contracts. They're usually circular. They're cyclical in their contracts. Once it's time to get paid the, the money, I, I, I term this new adjective, you're going to get Khalil Mack, okay? Devontae Adams and Max Crosby are both oh. slated to make, I believe, $60 million combined by 2024, 2025. I'm willing to wager you a six-pack of beer that one of those two players who are leaders, they are locker room leaders, 
will not be with this organization in the next two years. So for two, for the Raiders to maintain this type of leadership that you're talking about, you have to, one, be able to pay them. You have to, two, be able to draft them. You have to, three, be able to sign them. And you have to, four, be able to trade for them and keep them. The Raiders, I can just name off the top of my head, they may draft, but they haven't been able to keep them. They haven't been able to keep them. They're not able to win. So, yeah, what you're saying in theory is great, but if your owner, who is reliant on welfare to move his team and can't front load his contracts like the Cronkies, the Miami Dolphins, like in Dominic and Sue, when he went to the Dolphins a couple of years ago, the Miami Dolphins owner was able to take his equity from his other business ventures and pay Sue. Cronky does that because he owns Walmart. Jerry Jones does that. This is a big boys league. Mark Davis is not capable of paying these players by keeping them and making them for the exact for the exception of Max Crosby. Max Crosby got his contract extension. May have gotten his contract extension, but Crosby is at risk of possibly being traded or released by 2025 because him and Devontae Adams are going to be making a combined $60 million. Is Mark Davis going to be able to afford that? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so how many balls have you seen uh, Devontae Adams drop? Oh, I don't know. He's an, he's an exceptional wide receiver. Oh, exceptional. No, no. Tell me, how many times have you seen him drop a ball? Oh, I don't know. I, you you want to you know, you know why I don't know? I don't watch the Raiders regularly enough to say, oh, he does this like I used to. Okay. So I don't know. Well, so let me jump in there on you because I played – and I know how hard it is to win in the NFL. Uh, I'm, and I'm also, you know, obviously I support the Raiders. And, and I keep it even because I yeah. know that the team is relying on their star players and their team captains to, when the game seems like it's slipping away, you got to call your team up and say, get in their faces and all that stuff. At the same time, your key players, if you got a drive that you, that you need to keep going and, and sustain so that your defense can keep getting rest and you need to get some points on the board and you're an all pro highly paid receiver in this particular case and you drop an easy ball for a first down a highly very critical first down and you let it go through your hands you better be calling yourself all kinds of names and and, and head down and all that stuff because that's why they brought you there and so there's been Several games, a couple games now where that has happened. And then after the game, he's not, uh, you know, taking his own ownership of what might have happened or why they might have lost that game. It, was he, was, was he, was he Randy Moss in it? Yeah. So, and it's, and you, thank you for bringing that up because Randy Moss is another perfect example. Mark or Al Davis brought in Randy Moss because he fell in love with the guy and he tried to get him uh, when he first came out of the draft. And then he gets goes to uh, Minnesota and just lights it up, puts stats all over the world and all that stuff. Then he comes to Oakland and he forgot how to play. It's the yeah. it's come on now. It's on the players hey, too. Hey, hey, can, can I ask you? I, I I caught a little bit of flack for this on Twitter the other day. Kind of curious on on your. I'm honestly on your on your thoughts on this. Yeah. When they beat the the two and six Giants, Max Crosby brought in a bunch of cigars, right? I know where you're going with this. Yeah. I, I thought, had honestly, had that happened in Oakland, I would have said, what the hell? You, like, like had now, now, admittedly, admittedly, mm -hmm. had a 1 in 10 Raiders 
beat the Santa Clara 49ers like they did and they brought out the cigars, I'd be okay with it, number one, because it's a geographic rival. Or had it been during the 1998 season when John Gruden was went 8-8 eight and eight and knocked the Chiefs out of the playoffs, I think that's appropriate. You know what I mean? But you're beating a 2-6 and six team. Max Crosby, and I get it, to a certain degree, he's this all-pro MVP caliber athlete. He, he's desperate to win, and I understand that. Mm-hmm. But the culture that you're setting is we rarely get wins. When we do get wins, we need to pop out stogies. Don't you think that that is a symptom of a bad culture? I, I'm not – I am right. not that, – that that's a hypothesis that I'm willing to change from an NFL athlete. You know what I mean? I well, back you up fully on that. That's a great, great point. And it, it's a bad look. It really is. It was, yeah. That, see, Ken, what I'm saying, and, I, and I'm going to try to bring my passion down a little bit here. No, no I, I want it. <laughs> but, no, but, but what I'm saying, though, is because passion kind of goes over uh, a clear head. You know what I mean? I, I want to be clear head. I got it. Ken, that is, that is a small symptom of a major problem in the Raiders organization. The owner should have come down and said, what the fuck are you guys doing? Exactly. I caught you. I caught where you're going with that one. I, I, and I agree with you. And if he's not doing it there, what makes you think he's going to do it in the bigger scheme of things? Right. None of that tells me that they're going to be winning anytime soon. I'm sorry. Hey, you proved me wrong. That's fine. I, I, I'm totally okay with it. Oh, I didn't prove you wrong. You made a fantastic point. And I. No, no. But, no, but what I'm saying, like, generally, like, futuristic, hey, like, if I'm wrong, I am I will come on here and say, hey, man, I was wrong or whatever. But it's that one little thing that I'm telling you, an owner, starting with Mark Davis, the Raiders will not win as long as Mark Davis is the owner because it starts with little things like that. The little crack at the bottom will start cracking through the base of the house. I told you, I told you guys, this is an elite debater right here. Like <laughs> I said, Dr. Death, I, I, I love hey, it. Hey, make no mistake, and you know this, and I can tell, I love my Oakland Raiders. I'm an Oakland Raider through and through. I'm a Raider. <laughs> it got stolen from me for, for a welfare check. Hey, um, I hate to, to switch it to kind of like a somber news, but I don't know if you heard this, but uh, DJ Hayden, who was the Raiders' first-round pick back in like 2013, he was the one, uh-huh. yeah, remember him? He got, yeah. got killed in a car crash earlier this morning. What? I'm sorry, bro. What? Yeah, he's he's one of, uh, oh. I've just read it, and it's just, I, I'm like, wow. Because I remember seeing him, and his story was amazing story because he had that heart condition, and he fought through yeah. that. Yeah. And he's, he's no longer with us, so... You know, I mean, oh, my goodness. Sorry to bring that up, brother. And, you know, no matter who it is, you know, there's things bigger than football. No, I don't care who it is. You know what I mean? Um, I I feel for his family because uh, I think I ran into his family. They were cheering him on in Oakland and stuff like that. I know he didn't do that. He didn't do that great in Oakland as a player, but whatever. Um, But even then, man, you're you're young. Yeah, that's just, you know, God, um, I pray for his family. Wow. Hey, I'm with you, man. Um, yeah, it's one of those things that just—it seems like you turn around and there's all kinds of just like bad news for our team, man. That's the reason why you know I we need you back, Ray. What's what are the Raiders take? What's going are the Raiders moving? Are the Raiders moving back to Oakland? <laughs> Don't and you know what though, there, you, man. You know what, Ken? I gotta be honest though. Mm-hmm. Um, if the Raiders move back to Oakland. I'm not sure that I could come back in full force because I'll tell you why. The move not only took a lot out of me, I'm a different person. I grew, okay? It's like a marriage. A marriage works if you grow together. A marriage does not work if you don't grow together. 
You know what I mean? I'm just a different person. I've got, uh, you know, we talked about this briefly. I got, when I left the Raiders, you know, I got into public relations and then that's where I worked. And then I got deep into politics. Then I got, then I'm, I'm in deep in dancing. I'm in so many different things that take up a lot of my time along with the betrayal of the NFL. I don't know if I could ever go back trusting the NFL because if the Raiders come back to Oakland, then I'm going to say, are they going to be gone in 15 years? I don't know if I want to go through that. I don't I don't know. However, if you're a listener and this is your first time listening and you're hearing Ken's voice asking me to come back, he's asking me to come back for a reason. Because yeah. we, not me, we all had something special as a community, right? Mm-hmm. I would want to come back because I yearn for it. We yearn for it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it'll ever be the same. I don't know. So I cannot say, oh, all right, I'm back. I, I don't know. There's been so much change in life, I'm not sure. And, you know, I think bringing up what you said about the colors earlier, and I meant to touch on this, you know, we have these great colors. You're right. We have beautiful colors. These colors encapsulate me. But it got to a point where the colors started feeling like I was in a cult because it was overlooking all the bad that we were doing on the field. And me as a Raider fan, I was almost not allowed to criticize them because I was known as a fake fan, right? Yeah, no, that would that would happen. But what I'm saying though is why we would want to come back. The mystique of the colors, as you mentioned. The mystique of the colors. Yes. The mystique, the culture, the people. Of course, there's nothing else in the world that brings people together like that. And it would be very tough. But man, do I miss it? Of course I do. Coming back, that'd be tough. It would be tough. It would be tough. If they came back. But in Vegas, you'll never you'll never catch me in that stadium. As a Raider fan, if you're in Vegas, you want to go grab a drink and go hang out. Hell yeah, because you're Kenny Shed, man. I'm Ray Perez. We can chit chat. The Raiders don't define our friendship, but I will never go to Vegas. Never, never. Not for a Raider game. And you know that that's what actually what fuels my anger or my disdain. Because I honestly, I met people like you. You're a cool dude. I will never meet another Kenny Shed. Not, in, I won't be given an opportunity. I just won't. Man. Yeah, and you, you I, will I, never meet another Dr. Death. You just won't. That's, that's what, this, that's what the, the fan base, the new fan base out there needs is, is a Dr. Death. You know, that's one of the things that you needs to start happening is guys like, you know, I mean, uh, it was brought up that our, uh, a lot of the, you know, back in the 70s, 60s and the 70s Raiders, you know, they aren't able to kind of go to a lot of the promos so much anymore. They're, they're getting older and all that stuff. And I'm no spree chicken myself, but it's being brought up that guys of my generation need to start kind of going to Vegas and you know, going out to the crowds and hyping everybody up to show them how, what it is to be a Raider because they're, you know, they're starting to get it, but, you know, we need to have a little bit more of that undiable vibe in the stadium throughout the city. We need, like you said, we need more posters of the, of the Raiders are coming. You know, there's this awesome, there's this awesome uh, poster I wanted to do when the Raiders were in Oakland and Obviously, you know how our rivalry was with the Niners, right? So, and you know how the Niners back in the Candlestick Stadium would sit down on this, like, uh, little valley, and then there's a, uh, what's the name, Huntington Hill, or I can't remember, Candlestick Hill, or whatever it's called. And so... Hunter's Point? Hunter's Point, that's it. Hunter's Point, yeah. So, the bays on one side of the stadium, and then the Hunter's Point on the other side, on the far side, but you can watch the game from Hunter's Point. So 
what I wanted to do was have an artist paint this great picture because, uh, you know, when the Raiders play the Niners, it's this awesome rivalry. So just picture uh, nighttime and then you have this, the moonlight just kind of is the only thing that's illuminating the, the Bay Area. And then you have this old school with tattered flags pirate ship kind of like posted up in the in the harbor area. Then you see this long line of like these half skeleton, half human type figures coming from this boat, all dressed and with like uh, Raider flags of their own. And then they they make that like that turn up this hunter's slope and all that stuff. Then you picture the league pirate what is like periscope looking down at the field, and then you have like 49er players going through their warm-ups and stuff like that. And then you don't they don't say anything. All you just know that uh, you know, they're about to get ambushed and get the crap stabbed <laughs> off and just destroyed. And it's like one of those things like they're here. And the, the mystique of the Raiders is what we need to help instill into the Las Vegas. We need you, bro. Just so... Kenny, I love you, man, but you're not getting it from me. Stop either. You're not. You, you cannot replicate or airlift a culture that you have in Oakland and bring it to Vegas. Like we said from the onset, why can't you be like the Golden Knights? They started their own. The, the Golden Knights didn't go to San Jose and take the Sharks. They started their own. Why can't Mark Davis start his own team? You want to know why? He's a crap businessman. He needs something that he can inherit to do it for him. Go on and win your WNBA championships, something that nobody can. Quick, who played Come on, in don't it? Don't say that. Who, who played in the WNBA championship? Quick, go. Uh, yeah. The girl. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. That's, girl. that's what he's capable of doing. You go there. It's, look, it's, it's um, Las Vegas. And Allegiant Stadium is the only one where the house doesn't win in Vegas. Mm. And you know what? Let me tell you about business acumen, okay? They're Allegiant. That's what Mark Davis chose. Who I've never ridden Allegiant. I've never ride Allegiant. I don't know why. They're like below spirit. But nevertheless, (laughs) Allegiant Airlines goes to the cities that we play and shuttles in opposing fans. Mm. What? You didn't know that. You did not know. Look it up. Allegiant Airlines, which is the sponsor of the Raiders, goes to our op- opponent's city, has air deals, and flies them into Vegas. That's Mark Davis's genius plan by getting Allegiant. No, I did not know that. Uh, I'm not a big <laughs> proponent on, on helping any of the enemy fans or the team, uh, opposing team at all. I don't, yeah, I don't. There, there is nobody else to blame. When you see that stadium, 65, 70% filled of the opposing fan, then Mark Davis. Oh, he it's, cre- it's the team, bro. It's the team. They're not putting anything out there that's worth seeing. But that even, that even happened, their inaug- the, not their inaugural season, but their first year that, they were there that still happened then because the reason why see people i had this guy say well you know i it wasn't hard for me to get a ticket in oakland that's right because we did not foster uh or we didn't create an inherent opportunity for tourists to come in we don't want you to come in here we wanted you to fear oakland nobody fears vegas people go let's go to indianapolis when i saw indianapolis fans show up Arizona Cardinals fans show up. I said, they have a fan base. They filled the join up because they wanted to go play in Vegas. Created by Mark Davis. Can, can, real quick, I, I know your podcast and all. Can, can we talk about real quick about what I do outside of Raider Dog? 100%. I hear that you're like Mr. 
Mr. Dance King out there in Sacramento, baby. What's going on? <laughs> you know, so the reason I want to bring this up is because I am a big proponent. I, like, I've always loved music. Yeah. And I dance. I do hip-hop, right? I, I mean, ever since I was a kid, my dad would be bumping NWA, DPG, <laughs> Beastie Boys, Sugar Hill Gang, you know, Two Live Crew, Africa Bombada. Love it. Love it. Love it. My dad would always tell me, he goes, this isn't for you to repeat. This is only, um, you know, like this music, movies and stuff like that. This is entertainment. But you appreciate the music. And because of that, I, I've always loved dancing. And I found hip hop choreography is so healthy for you. It, I'm in shape. And it's like, um, you know, I see 50 year old Asian women in this dance, in my dance lab that I go to. Dancing to hip hop, are they the greatest? They're not Jabberwockies. But I'm like, damn, you're really good. And she goes, yeah, this keeps me in shape. And so, and it doesn't have to be hip hop, right? Uh, you're right one of the instructors. I am not an instructor. I take classes. Got it. And and what I do is is I learn hip hop choreography mm. to to different you know hip hop songs. And I'm like, oh man, I love this song. And it just so happens there's a choreography dance to it. I'm like, oh okay, cool. You know, I, I mean, let's take it back to you know, around when people used to break dance to Planet Rock. Mm. Planet Rock was off, and people would love to break dance to Planet Rock. I love Planet Rock. I can't break dance. <laughs> Same thing here. Just new school that we're just dancing to these really cool, to good music, but it's healthy for you. And, you know, you have to memorize the choreography, and it doesn't have to just be hip-hop. It can be merengue. It can be country. Whatever you want. If you want to be healthy, go out there. Live a healthy lifestyle. Another thing, too. I want to bring this up real quick, and I meant to bring this up. If you're a Raider fan, that's great. It's fantastic if you're a diehard Raider fan. But do what also Kenny does. Have a good hobby outside of your Raider duck. Kenny, you're a director, right? You directed movies. You're a podcast host. Your girls dance. You're involved as a family man. Go do something healthy for yourself. I was in politics a lot. In the last four years, I worked in politics. I was a community organizer. I said, I need a hobby. And I noticed there's people who lack hobbies in life. Go do it. Live a healthy lifestyle. So right quick, are you still in politics as well, though, too? So, okay, when I left, so I was working in the Bay Area for about two years in PR. I was so into politics, man. Community organizing. Um, I worked in the state capitol for a year. Um, I was the vice chair to my to my local, you know, political action committee out here. But then it's like, you know, I, I would go to these conventions, I would go to Southern California, up here in Northern California. I would hobnob with these congressmen, assemblymen. Um, I recently got asked if I wanted to be a delegate on the national level for 2024. And I said, no, thank you. I don't want it. Because politics, and there's, I was telling my friend this, there's some overlap with politics and what happened with the Raiders. You think? (laughs) Oh, yeah, very much so. And I don't regret it. It was fun. It was good. And knowing the game of politics helps. Like, for example, in 2020, when pan- when the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. at the time, and early on, people did not know what to do if they didn't get their checks. Because I'm in politics, I knew, so my mom needed help. I had to call my assembly office. Nobody knew to call the, to call your local rep. Said, this is what's going on. This is what I need to have happen. Within 48 hours, my mom had a, her two paychecks deposited. Wait. This was early on. Yeah. Because I just knew. Oh. But, okay, but being in politics, it's an ugly game. I'm a happy guy like you are. Like, I'm happy-go-lucky. It's sort of draining me. Mm. And so I'm up to date. If I'm the type of guy, if you want to go sit down and talk politics, let's do it. 
I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, independent, communist, socialist, whatever you are. Let's have, I'm always up to that. I love having that conversation. The conversations that we have had today, it's not because it just popped up in my head. My views have come because of constant debate with people where maybe somebody owned me. They got me. I had to go back and refine my message, and I had to go research, and I go, oh, shit, they made a good point, but what about this, right? You called them right back. It's like 1 o'clock in the morning. Oh, by the way. <laughs> you know what? What I did, what, and that, that's happened where I said, I'm going to type this up, and I'm going to text them tomorrow, right? Because I'm the type of guy I love debating. I love discussing. Now on Twitter, say, well, but you blocked me. Yeah, because you started hurling insults at me. Of course. Really? It goes there? It Dude, happen. I looked at I looked at my block list on Twitter. I have about 5,500 followers. I have about 1,200 people blocked on my block list. But, but in real life, I've sat down with Republicans. I've sat down with Democrats. I've sat down with independents, libertarians. And I go, but what's your take on every from Colin Kaepernick to Ukraine, to Israel and Palestine, to our taxes, to local issues, to our school board. I like being well-rounded and know, because sometimes I, there might be a day my, I might have to stand up for something that's for an injustice. Mm-hmm. I want to be equipped to say, I know what I'm talking about and I know where I need to go. I've had friends say, Ray, I don't know, I don't know where to go, but can you help me? This is where you go, I can help you. So that's, I mean, there's some passion in it, like I had in Dr. Death, but it's like, Okay, it's like a new chapter in life. I I know politics. I was asked to help for on some campaigns. I said I don't want to do any more campaigns. I'm going to try out for the dance team. I want to try out for the dance team. Well, they can tell me no. All right, cool. I I want to do something healthy. That's what I'm doing now. You were we were talking about cleansing your mind through going out to the community and talking and listening. You been you mentioned that Barack Obama would do that too, like go to barbershops and stuff. Yeah, I, I heard that, and it was genius. Uh, I heard that Barack Obama would go in swing states. He'd go to barbershop and just shoot sh- shoot, the, shoot the ish with people. If you think about it, like I go to my barbershop, and we talk about everything, everything. Even if we disagree, we're grown men. Well, plus my barber has a clipper in his hand. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, it's a place where we can all talk without getting offended. We tell it like it is. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. We talk about how, you know, when we go to the grocery store, like the other day I went to Target and I saw a pile of things at the conveyor belt. And I go, what the hell is that? Sure enough, I've Everybody that was grocery shopping would end up taking something out of their basket because they couldn't afford it, it got too expensive. Oh, oh, what? And and I got there, I had to take something out. I said, I'll come back for that later. Yeah. It's those little things that we talk about that, like, okay, what's going on? There's a tax increase coming up on like a school bond. And somebody said, well, hold on here. You raised it six years ago. Are you misappropriating funds? Are you not using them right? Before you come at me with money, who is mismanaging the budget? And it turned out... There was a supervisor here that mismanaged their budget, and they collected too much money, too much taxes on homeowners. No shit. And, you know, things like that. You know what I mean? Um, but, like, I told you. That, that was an right? accident, you think? Um, it, <laughs> was a, it was a major error. That hasn't been resolved yet, but it was a big error. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I was working in politics. I was a community organizer. And I was like, man, there's just so much politics going on around me. And, like, I can hang with the best of them. And I've made major connections. But I'm like, mm. this is toxic. Because you will end up eating your own. I'll give you an example. There's a, a very there's a very liberal uh, politician, very liberal on how he votes. It's fine. 
but he went one time against his base. He said something very different. One time, they went after him. One time, said something. He's an elected representative. Me and you, who are not elected, we can disagree and agree. But if I am your main supporter and you say one thing that I don't like, I'm going to come after you. I say that because it's like, eh, not my style. That's not, not yeah, my you style. draw the line there, right? I draw the line. It's like, you know, I spent four to five years in politics and working with both sides, man. But I needed something fresh. And the more that I got into dancing, the less I got into politics. Nice. I like that. Yeah. Well, that's, do, that's do, you, do, do your girls dance hip hop? What do they dance? Well, when they were both dancing, they would do hip hop and competition and all that stuff. My oldest has since graduated and now she, she stopped doing dance like uh, maybe uh, her sophomore year in, in high school and then started focusing on uh -huh. sports and stuff. But my uh, youngest daughter right now, she still does uh, the dance studio. And uh, uh, how old is she? Uh, fourteen. And Ray, she's she's done so well at the competitions that she got uh, brought in on the to be part of this uh, ambassador team, and she's going to actually be performing at Disney World. So it's next wow. week, so it's we have a family trip to Disney That's World fantastic. next week, and it's because of her and her. She puts everything into her dance. So I'm feeling ex I'm feeling what you're saying, bro. I there's no way in the world I can dance. I'm like the Dude. only brother, I think, who has no rhythm. But, but yeah. Dude, Kenny, I promise you that if you started at the beginner level, like, you know, because there's eight counts in each, you know, right? If you were to, like, just do, like, one, two, three, you know what I mean? Like, very slow. At some point, you will see a difference. And that's the cool thing about dance. Yeah. And hip-hop. You think that you hit your level, and then you say, oh, wow, there's even more. And then there's more. And it's a positive thing, mm -hmm. right? Like it's it's sometimes I have to force myself not to go. Really? But when I but the more I do it, it's it's a healthy thing. You're burning calories, you're you're you know, you're clearing your mind, your retention. If you have yeah, if they ever have something for like the parents or something, do take it. For sure take it. You do like backflips and all that stuff? No, 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 no. That's that's more like gymnastics type stuff. The people that I dance with, um, they dance for the Warriors and the Kings. Really? Yeah, yeah. There's this awesome video. Oh, it's a it's it's a live concert, and Chris Brown who has taken it under the chin, obviously because of the bad mistakes he's made with the uh, physical uh, violence and domestic violence. Yeah. So I don't obviously condone any of that, but, and I've since kind of uh, warmed up my support for Chris, but he's in the middle of a live concert with Future, right? Future is doing his song and he's like in the, in the flow and Chris is doing like, it's kind of like not the background dancer, but cause he's up front with them. And they, it's like a tandem. I think one time Chris would sing his songs and then Future would be in the background and moving or whatever. So it was it was kind of cool. And right on time with Future's lines and lyrics, Chris did something where he's standing still, he squatted his legs, and then he swung one leg around and did a backflip standing straight. Oh. And, he, and it was completely uh, 360, whoosh, and it came back down just like that, without running or anything like that. And it was right on time with what, whatever line, and then the beat went boom, right when he hit the ground. And I was just blown away. And I'm just like, if I knew how to 
do that, I would be doing TikTok videos and making all kinds of moves and stuff by dance moves and stuff. That's what I'm kind of thinking you're talking about, man, is, is that you're giving yourself to that type of vibe, bro. I think it's great. Yeah, you know, I actually learned a Chris Brown choreography piece, really? actually. Yeah, and at first I said, there's just no way I can learn that. Yeah. But there was a tutorial on it where they go step by step. You know, at first you're like, oh, man, I feel disjointed. Yeah. But that's the cool thing about hip hop is the more you do it, the better you get. And the thing is, like two two days ago, I had dance class and I, I was dancing it. And I was like, man, I don't really feel good about this choreography. About 24 hours later, when you go rewatch it, it looks better. You know what it reminds me of? When you cook food for dinner uh-huh. and it tastes pretty good, but then you leave it in the fridge and you have it leftovers the next day, it tastes even better. Yeah. That's what choreography, because I love food. I'm a big foodie. I love food. Does it always taste like, better, though? I mean, you've never oh, yeah. where it's like, wait a minute, this is not that good anymore. Dude, dude, I'm Guamanian. When we make Pacific Islander food and we have these big feasts oh. and we, you know, we pack it away and then the next morning we heat it up, we're like, man, this is this is smacking, bro. <laughs> that's, yeah. what did, huh? that, that's what that's what hip hop is like, man. When you do when you can learn chore like the steps to it mm-hmm. and you keep track over time, or let, let's say you do it today, you can come back two days later and say, Oh, okay, that does look actually better than what I thought it was. Like food, it tastes better than the original. Nice. Hey, brother, I'm going to, we're going to wrap it up. Um, yeah. It's been a fantastic show. Number 30, man. And I couldn't have asked for a better guest to have on. And uh, I appreciate really you happen. having me, man. Yeah, no, it's been, hey, I got a film project coming up, man. Are you into acting as well? You know what? I have never said no to anything. If on, I man. can, I can always try something. I would love it. I mean, who knows? Maybe you might look at me and be like, damn, where'd this come from? Or you might say, eh, nah, you're, you're good. Yeah, you know that, that time when I asked you to be in my film? <laughs> Can you scratch that and then beat it? That's what's going to happen. Watch. Yeah, man, I am down for anything, man. You just let me know. I love the fact, like I said, I love the fact that, you know, yeah, you're, you're for, like we talked about, you're a former Raider player, but you, you have all these different passions. You have podcasting, you have acting, you have your your kids dancing. That is awesome. And if you're listening, you know, if you don't, let's say you don't have a hobby, pick up something. You need a hobby, right? right. You need a hobby because it's important, not, not for me or for you, do it for yourself because you want that quality of life to get better. Like I recently heard, where did I hear it? That the act of, no, wait, lightning. He said it. <laughs> Boxing helps with Parkinson's. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think just, just I to act, just like, just, just, you don't have to box somebody else, but I'm just saying you put on some gloves because I, I would, I used to shadow box a lot. Yeah. Dude, but it, do it. Did you, you win? Box. <laughs> yeah, I'd lose to gotcha. myself, right? <laughs> gotcha. But, no, but, yeah, really. you know what? but like I said, pick up boxing. I know your friend Lightning, he has a gym. Start going to the gym. If it's, no one ever says, no one ever says, man, I regretted that workout. No one says that. Pick up something. My man, Ray Perez Jr., right? Yeah. And you're you're the pride and joy of California. You're now, you were in the Bay, and you're now in the Sacramento area, and I'm sure you're spreading your joy out in that area as well. I'm going to come uh, crash in on you one day, man, just to see that beaming face in person again. Yeah, uh, let's do it, I, But it doesn't, sounds like you won't be dressed with Dr. Death anytime soon. No. No, unless the Raiders come back, maybe, but... I, I almost I almost busted it out when uh, when my late friend 
Godfather Grizz Jones of the 66th Mob when he passed away. I almost dressed up, but I said, no, I'm going to come as I am, you know. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see myself doing that anymore. It was some glory days, bro. And I want to thank were. They were. I want to thank you for uh, opening me up to the way to be a, a Raider fan, the proper way to support your team and not compromise your beliefs and your values. Yeah. And I thought that was fantastic. And, and that's what I told people. You can still be a good Raider fan, like a diehard Raider fan, and still be fairly critical of your team. Me, I admit, I'm, oh, I'm not, I don't hide it. I don't, I'm not a fence hopper. I am sometimes unfairly or overtly critical because I'm, that's who I am. But what I tell the average diehard Raider fan, you can still be critical of your team and still be a diehard Raider fan. You're spending money on them. Of course you're going to be critical. Or, and praise them when it's right. You know what I mean? Well, I'll leave you with this. You ever heard of Barron's Jewelers? Remember Barron's? Yeah. Barron's Yeah. Was a, it was a very popular, widely popular uh, jewelry store. And it kind of first started out in uh, the Bayfair Mall in San Leandro, right? Yeah. Um, how That's how I got involved with them is because their owner, Bart Keller, was a huge Raider fan. And whenever you would go there to a fault, he would give you the biggest deal out there. It's nice little, nice little store there, high-end jewelry. And you have the owner of this place giving you two, two to three thousand dollars off immediately because he respects your team and he loves you and all that stuff. Just a great, fantastic man. You know, he ended up passing away, so his son took over. Now the economy started changing a little bit in San Leandro. Uh, the mall started kind of losing a lot of its stores. And then so uh, a lot of the bad elements started coming in. And so there was a lot of thefts and stuff, not necessarily at the at the Diamond store, but um, uh, next door was a clothing store. So uh, the bad elements started taking over the, the mall. You know what the son did? He respected his dad's wishes to, to keep his store open as, you know, the way he could. So he spend a lot of money to renovate the place, maybe maybe make it look a little bit more modern or just change some of the different uh, layouts of the whole thing to make it more accommodating to some of the people, who, clientele who might be coming in. And he did all he could, continue losing money. It got so bad that like all the stores nearby started closing. And I think he cut half of his store in half to kind of like, uh, because he was losing money too. So all the renovations that they did, he had, he had to kind of backtrack on that one because they were losing money and they wanted to keep the store open. He did that as long as he could, Ray, um, until finally it was just too much. They were going under and he had to make the, the tough decision to find out where he can uproot the store and make a, you know, you know, relocate. They found a place in Dublin and when they did that, everything about the store just uh, increased its value and the business started booming. The, all these different things just changed on the store. So I will leave you with that, young man, because maybe, just maybe, our great Mark Davis did everything he could behind the scenes that most people don't know about to try to keep that team in Oakland but there was just no way financially and economically to make it happen. So he was forced to go someplace else. Like I said earlier in the podcast, you show me that rendering or that offer from the Raiders that they had and that it, if it was rejected from Oakland, and I'll believe you. Until then, I'm going to continue to ask, where was the rendering and an offer from the Raiders to stay in Oakland?
I'm going to make that my mission, bro. I'm not going to sleep ever until I find that Renee. I, you, you know, to- you know, Ken, I, now this is, I'm going to give you some advice here, some friendly advice, because I know you're a Raider alum. Don't ever ask Mark Davis that. If you want to keep your Raider Don't alum about there, the do not do that. I fear, because you're a good dude, and I, I do like you. I don't. I would never want anybody to look at you sideways or cast you out because of something like that. And I think that would piss them off. Well, and one day I I lost a bet, and I had to, you know, I I bet somebody that the the Niners were going to lose and stuff uh, when we played them, and I had ended up getting my butt shellacked, and I lost the bet. And um, while we we're at the police department, I had to wear a Niner jersey that day and that sucked as i'm doing that a buddy who i one of the other co-workers i'm i'm yelling at him like man he's really gonna make me wear that freaking jersey man and um i remember to the day that he's just like what that's so unfair i can't believe he's gonna do that i'm just like man you gotta help me talk him out of it i can't be seen in a freaking 49er jersey he's like i got you kenny i got you let's go to lineup and i'm gonna tell him don't do that (laughs) and so we get the lineup and then Lo and behold, hey, Chief, or uh, uh, Sarge, before you get going, I think we have to uh, have Kenny come on up and honor his uh, bet uh, <laughs> that he did. And then so I end up having to stand up and put this jersey on and take a picture with the guy who I lost the bet in. You would not believe it, but the same guy who I complained to, I said, I need your help. He was an undercover Niner fan, and he pulled a his <laughs> out of his waist, and he put it on, and they're both standing behind me or next to me, all three of us wearing Niner jerseys. So that so photo got out, and I got so much heat from so many different people. And, um, you know, and people were, Raiders fans were like, dude, I'm so embarrassed for you. Why would you do that? Why would you wear a Niner jersey? So where I'm, get, where I'm going at with that, that one is that I have a really good relationship with uh, uh, Bart Davis. Uh, I've always had, and I would, I obviously wouldn't go to him. Hey, dude, where's that rendering? I would never do that. But I do have the type of a uh, uh, type of relationship where I can kind of say, Hey, look, can you uh, help? Uh, how would you answer this question to uh, someone if they brought this up? And I would say it in a respectful way, yeah. um, because my true feeling is that I I talk. That's fair. I, I you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I feel that he did do everything he could to the best of his ability. He just had people around him who weren't, he weren't, they weren't urban people. They didn't like the whole oh. thing of working with <laughs> Oakland and those type of, those type of, uh, they didn't like that. You, you just brought, you just brought up something to me. I, I and I wanted, cause you said to hold it while we were on air, you know, oh, you we're, said, we're still on air. you know, no, no, no. I know this is before we got on and I don't oh. want to forget this. You know how I said, you know, the coaches and the GMs and the players, they're there because of Mark Davis, okay? And I think you were mentioning that there's people around him. Yeah. I want to bring this back to politics. Gavin Newsom a couple weeks ago was complaining that he could not do anything with the homeless because there was a superior court judge that ruled against him. And he, he was basically – Gavin Newsom was basically saying, I can't do anything because of the superior court judge. And the reporter asked him, didn't you appoint that court? That judge, it was because of your decision that that judge is there, and because of your decision, you can't do anything. So instead of scapegoating them, you need to look at yourself. In terms of Mark Davis, he put those people there or had the opportunity to fire people. It's like this with AI. People say, oh, it's AI, but AI lacks emotion. Who programmed the AI? Artificial intelligence. 
Mark Davis put those people there. If he didn't want those people there and wanted somebody with his line of thinking, and if his line of thinking was, I want to stay in Oakland, then you need to hire people that want to keep you there in Oakland. But if his line of thinking is, I want to move to Vegas, you're going to have people there that have the same line of thinking. I want to move to Vegas. My man, <laughs> you never disappoint, brother. We're going to leave it right there because that was as beautiful as, as it goes. Best I, conversation I think I've had in a, a very good quality conversation. I appreciate you, Ken. Right back at you, brother. Love you like no other. My man, uh, Dr. Death to the end. It's been a pleasure. I've been highly enlightened, and that's all I ask. People, you come on my podcast, man. You got to freaking come strong, man, with some points. Uh, I don't want to hear no, oh, well, they stole the team, and uh, I don't like them. I want to hear deep, deep inner feelings and stuff like that. And, you know, and, you know, maybe one day the team may come back in a different form and maybe even better than the Raiders when they first came out. You know, maybe that'll make everything all better. There's there's other cool names that can come up uh, that we can come up with, like the Marauders or, you know, and there's other colors. And bring back the invaders, the invaders, the invaders. Uh, oh, I love that one, too. You know, and so we'll see what the future holds. And yeah, I'm hurt just like you that the team ended up having to leave. And, you know, but I do uh, suggest at some point, which I know you're not going to, uh, go into a Raider game in Vegas because it's it's a different experience. I'm, I'll, I'll never do that. I will say um, I do appreciate that, actually. We do appreciate that because you're a very special person to me for my Raider days. If I'm in Vegas and you want to go grab a beer, hell yeah, if anything, i say bring your family. I Have a good it. one. Take care of yourself. k episode 30, out. See you, bro. Have a good one.